Welcome to another episode of Song Mess. My name is Richard Villegas, and uh, we are in Brooklyn, New York, still out here doing interviews, talking to some amazing artists. Uh, right now, we're listening to a track by Rio Bamba. It's called Sácalo. Uh, so we're going to wrap up the song, and we'll be right back with, well, Rio Bamba. Okie dokie, and uh, we're back, and today I have uh, oof, the great honor of being joined by Riobamba. How are you? Hey, thank you so much. I'm honored, too. <laughs> I would call you by your Christian name, but I, I feel like Riobamba is more illustrative for the listener at home. Or... Yeah, Christian somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we're out here in Brooklyn, Bed-Stuy, you know, feeling it, and towards the end of summer, mm-hmm. you know, we're all a little moist, a little dewy. Yeah, wrapping it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm, I'm, it's a surprising. It's it's a Sunday, and I'm, it's surprisingly quiet. I like I expected a little more more music on the street. I saw some people in church clothes, but like I thought it would be like more more um, popping. I guess mm-hmm. I, I know Salt Cathedral, for example, they live around here. Yeah, um, and they were talking about like how like they will always hear like dance hall like blasting in like through you know through the windows like what's what's the sound of the of the hood out here oh yeah i mean interestingly enough i've been hearing a lot of fun bad bunny out of a lot okay. of star- stereos around here which i'm surprised because usually it's like more soca or dance hall or mm-hmm. hip-hop um but the great thing about this neighborhood is especially during the summer there's a lot of block parties so like each block takes its turn for cool. one weekend and shuts it down has sound systems and stuff so there's just so much amazing noise. Come on, NYC Sonideros. <laughs> uh-huh, that's how it is. Um, well, uh, let's let's get into it. Um, I, again, you and I have known each other for quite a few years at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, for the listener at home, who are you and what is it that you do? Yeah, my name is Riovamba. I live in Brooklyn, New York. I'm a DJ and producer. And I own a record label called Apocalypsis, and I'm a music journalist. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and that's how we met. Uh, when, when we met... Uh, 
you were still the editor at Remezcla. Yes. And I, I, the music editor, I should say. Um, and I pitched you. And then like the next week you like were like, all right, y'all, it's been so nice working at Remezcla. <laughs> and I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, um, passing ships. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about, about those about those early days of like, well, not I don't even want to say early days, but like of your, of your tenure at Remezcla. Yeah. So I came to New York about five years ago and that was through Remezcla. So okay. I was living in Bogota for the year before that. Cool. And longer in, in Boston before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Dremesco was the whole reason I came here. Shout out to Andrea, who hey. was managing editor and brought me over. And that was like the best way possible to get an introduction to New York and get not only a panorama of the scene here, but like to meet all the people that are doing really cool stuff on the ground. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah, I mean, and and right, I I, I was like, wait, I know that she's not from New York. And I, I right, uh, Boston, I believe, is that that's where you're from, no? Yeah, I'm from Massachusetts. I lived in Boston for about eight years, so cool. for university and some time after. And I grew up in Western Mass right next to Springfield. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you used to do the Pico Picante parties out there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, again, I'm like trying to like dust off the cobwebs slash make it through my own exhaustion to, to remember all this. But it's just like, uh, is that where you started out DJing? Is that where you got your start in nightlife? Yeah. So Pico is almost 10 years now. Wow. Um, yeah. We're going to celebrate 10 years next year and then do like a mercy killing because I'm like 10 years is enough. Yeah. <laughs> <fair>. <laughs> um, but yeah, I started throwing the parties pretty soon after I started DJing. And for me, that was where I learned how to DJ. It's mm-hmm. where I started to build community through music. And it holds a really special place for me, for sure. Very cool. I mean, how, so it, so you've been in nightlife or, or at least a DJ for about 10 years, roughly? Yeah, coming Very up cool. on 10 years. I can't believe it. <laughs> Is that so? Was that your first party? That was my first party. Very cool. Yeah, and it was really fun. I mean, it was at the same time when there was parties starting like Que Bajo, Peligrosa, mm-hmm. um, Bon Bon in Houston, Subsuelo on the West Coast. So everybody was aware of each other's projects. and. Right booking each other and it just totally opened my world to other parts of the country other latinx communities other immigrant communities to work with what's uh what's what does a latinx music scene look like in boston Ooh, <laughs> um in boston there's a couple latin nights or latin clubs but mm-hmm. they tend to be more traditional so it'd be like salsa night or right. Um, a top 40 night or whatever and so Boston is also a really segregated city and so communities of color were nowhere near like the center of the city it's like the outside suburbs or the smaller cities outside of Mm -hmm. that so Pico was an effort to bridge that gap and to bring people together and yeah take up space in these top 40 clubs that normally wouldn't give us the time of day but shout out to the good life boston they've been our home for all those 10 years and they gave us a chance and we're supportive not only with time but with resources which is huge especially in the beginning that's amazing yeah and 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 we're gonna get into that we're gonna we're gonna talk about all these things about because like again i know that like much of the work that you do is also very community based Mm -hmm. uh in in many ways to sort of like uh, you, you, I mean, you love a fundraiser. You, you, yeah. you use this, you know, this platform to like really just pour resources back in, into the community uh, mm-hmm. quite often. Um, I, I was so lucky. I felt so lucky to talk to Bembona also yes. um, earlier this week. And that was, that was a great chat. I was like that, you know, Riobamba, that's my hermana, you know, just <laughs> like, um, but uh, you know, before we carry on with, with a, a fabulous playlist that's been curated again by Riobamba. Holy crap. <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit about Sakalo, which is the track that um, opened the show. Um, mm-hmm. Because, again, you've been a DJ throughout most of your career, but you're, you, you know, you're finally breaking out into production, which is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about Sakalo and about your, your journey into production. Yeah, so I feel like production is opening up a new world to me, mm-hmm. where as a DJ, you're... Um, curating a lot of the times right. and you're bringing together other people's voices and telling a story through that but for me it's really important for my own personal journey to think about my own voice and like what I want to say through that and especially with everything that's happening right now politically I want to make yeah. sure to take up as much space as possible um, and so Sakalo is coming out on a compilation um, that will be released by Deck Mantel and Compact Records so those are record labels that don't typically release Latinx artists 
Um, but this is a curation curated by Kixosis, who's based in Quito, Ecuador. Oh, wow. And it's all Ecuadorian artists. And all the proceeds from the compilation will be going to um, protecting an ecological reserve in the country. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so cool. That's amazing. I mean, and, and you know, as as we're speaking, the the, the whole crisis in the Amazon is really at its height. So it's just like, it's very, very cool. Like it, it feels so poignant mm-hmm. um, that, 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 that these, again, that this, these funds will go to aid some sort of uh, ecological um, organization. Yeah. Happy to contribute. Um, up next, we're going to listen to uh, some artists that are on Apocalypsis, mm-hmm. uh, the label that you started about, what, two years ago now? About two years, yeah. Yeah, very cool. Again, congratulations. Thank you. Um, before we, we introduce the first artist, uh, let's talk a little bit about, Apocal- uh, about Apocalypsis. Mm-hmm. How was it born? Um, it was born, I would say, like, the time at Remesco is really important mm-hmm. because I feel like that gave me a bird's eye view of the industry. And not only what exists, but what doesn't exist enough. Yep. And for me, I was like, okay, like this really limited representation in terms of major labels for sure. Of course, we see really limited light-skinned male, Mm -hmm. cis, straight versions of Latinidad. Yep. And so I was like, okay, I think we can do something (laughs) to counter (laughs) that. And not that I'm trying to compete or contend on like the major label level, but it is a contribution and... The whole point of the label is to give a platform and to amplify the voices of artists ni de aquí ni de allá. Okay. Um, and so I've had the honor of collaborating with artists like Malafama in, in Ecuador, Kamen, who's in Los Angeles, um, Nino, who's based in Atlanta, but from Panama City, and some forthcoming releases that we're going to share here from Shell X and Dana Lu. Oh, my God. Oh, so it's a whole family affair that we got going yeah. on today. This is so cool. What a great, what a great uh, sampling then. Um, okay, well, let's let's go ahead and move into some music. We have a track first by uh, Kelman Duran. Tell me about Kelman because I know it's his music. Uh, again, it, it like it teeters on the experimental, but it's still very like Caribbean in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still perreable, perreable. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have to add that to the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, tell me about Kelman Duran. How how did you meet him? Kelman. Um Ruben from Los Macuanos, formerly Los Macuanos, Mm -hmm. had sent me his SoundCloud being like, I think you should check this guy out. And I made a remix, a bootleg remix of one of his tracks, which is already bootlegged of like Playero and like five other tracks. Fantastic. Just through the magic of bootlegging music, we met each other and... um, the crew that he was a part of at the time called Rare Up out in Los Angeles invited me out to go play. Cool. And then when I met Kelman in person, I was like, I think we should do an album. And from there, it all happened. Amazing. And that, yeah. I mean, that album did very well. I think it was like in Resident Advisor and Pitchfork. Like, you know, I mean, if you haven't heard of Kelman Duran, I, I was, I, the moment we sat down, I was like, we haven't played Kelman Duran on the show. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel like that is a no brainer for this episode. For sure. For sure. <laughs> um, all right. So let's go ahead and listen to that now. Again, this Kelman Duran. Uh, and we'll be right back with more Rio Bamba. <laughs>
second track that we just heard is by Nino Augustine. Uh, it's called Agua. And again, if, if que el man duran es um, as, <laughs> as an adjective, uh, Nino Augustine will definitely have you bouncing off the walls. Yes. Um, tell me, tell me about uh, a little bit about Nino. Again, how did this uh, relationship form? Yeah, so I had the pleasure of meeting Nino when I played Oye Fest cool. last mm -hmm. year in Atlanta. Shout out to them. 
And Nino and I had connected on Instagram before, and he sent me some of his tracks, and I was like, this stuff is so good. How are you <laughs> not blowing up, you know? And so I got to see him live, and for me, like, if I'm going to work with an artist, I have to be able to get along with them well. Like, yeah. it's such a intimate relationship in many ways. So um, when we met and, like, kicked it for a while, there was the same kind of conversation of mm-hmm. what can we do together. And we were saying before, like, Nino is one of the hardest working people. He's constantly yep. recording, constantly writing, constantly planning the next move. So um, as a record label owner, that's amazing to work with because the content is there, like, the drive is there. Yep. So he makes my job easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's happy to, like, again, sell the, sell the product, move the product, you know, talk to people and network. And yeah. I mean, he yeah, he's very eager to, like, get it happen. Like, he'll hit me up and be like, yo, new track, boom. You know, I'm like, exactly. cool. Um, I want to talk to you a, a little bit about reggaeton mm-hmm. um, because I, I, you know, again, I don't, I don't want to, like, blow you up here, but mm-hmm. I feel like you're one of the people that's really responsible for kind of making reggaeton a, a nightlife staple across the U.S. at this point. Thanks. Like, <laughs> like it's not just like YouTube algorithms. Like mm-hmm. you have gone to like, I don't know, fucking Minnesota and you're like, we're going to play Perreo, you know, <laughs> just like, and, and people are digging it. And like, sure, it, it, it might range from like references to like La Gasolina or whatever, which is something everybody knows mm-hmm. to like still highlighting like underground artists and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I want to, again, like, I want you to tell me a little bit about like this sort of, uh, this trajectory of, of bringing, um, sort of breaking this ground with with reggaeton uh in the u.s well thanks for your words <laughs> um <laughs> again i might be full of it but i like i that's my personal perception yeah i mean i so i've played reggaeton since i started djing mm-hmm. and since then the context around the music has changed so much right yeah. so in the beginning it was not common to hear especially in boston but where i grew up like in western massachusetts latin culture there is puerto rican culture right like springfield holyoke those cities are puerto rican cities okay black and puerto rican cities um and so i grew up hearing a lot of that music i worked in clubs like doing bottle service and shit like that when i was 18 like and younger like younger than i should have been doing that (laughs) (laughs) um so i grew up hearing a lot of that music and then when i started djing for me like seeing the way that club owners or clubs whatever like promoters the way that they approach this music it was Mm -hmm. often a very classist reaction to it often racist yeah absolutely racist absolutely colorism absolutely all of that and um so that made me start to think about it more and be like, how can we continue to push this issue and like use this music as a way to not only take up space, but also to like kind of force these discussions when right. they should be happening. Because those kinds of issues of classism, colorism, racism, like those are things that we witness so much in the Latinx community. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if we're not talking about it, we're being complicit in it. <laughs> and so... Um, That was like, you know, the first six or seven years. And then as pop music has changed so much to become centered on the dembo beat, on reggaeton, on Latinx music, on Spanish speaking artists. Yeah. um, That's changed the context that I operate in, too. And so it's fun. Like, it's cool to see so many people know this music now. But I guess for me, like, I always came from the underdog yeah. <laughs> perspective of it. Well, it, you know, it's so interesting because like, again, in, in previous, I would even say decades, it's been framed as a Latin boom. Right. But I think it's kind of more of like, we've reframed that narrative. I mean, like, again, like, what was that? What was that statistic? It was like, it was like last year, or the year before it was like, um, six or seven out of, of like the 10 most played YouTube videos of the year were all like reggaeton videos. And exactly. It's like, because that's, this is the world beat. It's not just the U S and it's not just Europe. Like in Asia, reggaeton is huge, you know, mm-hmm. and like in, in Africa, reggaeton is huge. You know, it's just like, it's huge everywhere. And so like, yeah, I think it is a little bit again of that underdog of like reframing that narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 um, did you find that when you were playing reggaeton, were audiences reticent at all to Oh, to yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Or the saying, oh, like, I don't like reggaeton. And right. then after a drink or two, like, everybody's getting down to it, you know? <laughs> and so you kind of see, like, those even, like, those stigmas play out in that way where there is that cognitive, like, no, yeah. I don't fuck with that. And then after a certain point, like, everybody's dancing together. 
Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, and like, I, 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 I don't know if we've ever actually had like a long term, a long form conversation about it, but like I used to really not be into reggaeton. I didn't see it for reggaeton. I was mm-hmm. just like, I was like, it's all the same. I was very much of that school. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm like, I get it and I can enjoy it. I, I, and obviously there are things that I like better than others and with everything, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but I, yeah, I mean, you know, I do think maybe like some of that maybe was from a place of classism. I, I wouldn't say racism, but eh, who knows, you know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, that's, that's to unpack with a shrink or something, mm-hmm. but yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's so interesting to me, like the way that the, the, the PR around reggaeton has changed. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's just like, it's now like you want that sound. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a pop star, like, I mean, Justin Bieber, you know, like famously had like a Dembo beat and I think it was like in, I'm in sorry or something. Yeah. A couple of years ago. And everybody was like, wait, what? You know, mm-hmm. um, how do you feel about like, I do you see it as like a strip mining or more as like osmosis? Have we like finally like infiltrated, I suppose, you know, gringo culture. I think that it's a, complicated question because mm. the question is like who gets centered right. once the change happens because are spanish-speaking artists the ones being centered are latinx being centered like and then we unpack that even more like mm-hmm. which of the latinx and whatever and not forgetting that we don't like and not forgetting that that contends with erasure of the black and indigenous roots of the music yes and we see so few artists of those backgrounds like really making it to the top you know, and so it is important to continue to be critical because the ways that things played out in the underground, that's like a microsystem of the way that it grows into this bigger pop world. And it's harder to like really feel like you can have an impact in saying anything towards like the major label yes. levels of that. But that's why I think it's important to be critical, but also compassionate in the way that we speak to each other in our own community and the way that we dissect these things. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And again, that's part of what like makes someone like Nino on Augustine so, so interesting and exciting. Like, Mm -hmm. again, the whole conversation was so much of it was like, people like to forget that this shit came from like black people in Panama, you Mm -hmm. know, like now, like you have like a J Balvin who's like out here, like kind of you know, I don't want to say white passing, but like he's definitely not. He's he he's more of like that papi chulo sort of like uh, archetype, and it's easier to sell. It's easier mm-hmm. to package that or a maluma, you know. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's always going to be a, an ongoing conversation. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about you. Um, so you're from uh, Western Massachusetts. Yes. Um, may I ask about your general um, ethnic background? Yeah. So my mom is Ecuadorian. Cool. She came to the states when she was eight. And then my father's side is Lithuanian Jewish, mm-hmm. and they came over to the U.S. in the early 1900s. Cool. Yeah. I know that, again, I know that you um, kind of try to go to Ecuador as much as you can. Yes. And I think you toured Lithuania for the first time. Was it last year? I went just to go. I didn't play, but I, I was on oh, tour I in you Europe. Played. I couple, took a couple of days off, and yeah. it's just like, I need to go and be... Walk where the ancestors walked. Mm-hmm. So I did that. <laughs> how, uh, how was that? How did it feel to go back to that? It's pretty wild. Um, I heard a lot of Eurotrance in mm. the Ubers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was my first like, experience, like getting out of the airport. I'm like, trance music. Okay, cool. Um, and then there's just so many layers to unpack in Lithuania. That's what I learned mm. because Jewish culture, like the culture that my family left behind, doesn't really exist there anymore. Right. It used to be, I'm pretty sure, the biggest population of jewish people in europe wow and now there's two small synagogues there's like one cafe that's jewish but that's about it and so it was like not only like christianity taking over the city Mm. but also the soviet union and so like there's just been so many changes so for me i left with more questions than answers but i think Mm. that's part of the process absolutely and how about in ecuador like uh you have toured ecuador i have yeah okay what 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 is it like uh for you to tour there Oh, it's so meaningful. (laughs) It's so meaningful. I mean, I went a few times when I was younger and I was always in the context of traveling Mm -hmm. with family. And so I went for myself the first time when I went to tour as an artist. And there's so much exciting music coming out of the country right now. Yes. And and I really can't overstate like how much I appreciate feeling welcomed there when I go there like in terms of collaborations or playing shows with people or just like kicking and getting to know people um that to me is like going back to the roots in a way that like I can't even 
describe how meaningful it is. Yeah, I mean, you uh, again, so much of what you do seems is is very much about sort of like uh, spotlighting the people that walked these the, the, these paths before us. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you. I don't. I mean, I, I don't want to say that you've necessarily cultivated a relationship with Evie Queen, but you've definitely worked with her uh, a few times now. Yeah. Um, I, like you know, la, la reina, la, la caballota, you know, <laughs> um, and and even other like big names in in reggaeton. I think like uh, is it is it Playero that you know mm-hmm. fairly well at this point. I, we're we're friendly for sure. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> um, tell me tell me about again working with the greats. You know. Oh yeah, it's. A dream. I mean, for me, if I learn about music, I really want to know the history, mm-hmm. the people that came before, because anything that we do, like, it, it's so egotistical to say that anything we do is original. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody did it before. And like, if you have the opportunity to, what a gift to be able to pay homage to those people and to learn from them and dialogue with them and, you know, learn about what they went through to get where they have become now. And yeah. so, um, Playero. I had the the joy of playing with in, in Puerto Rico. I think that was the first time we played together. And then he came over into the boiler room here, which was like cool. so dope to connect different generations of people doing this music. And then Evie Queen, yeah, we, we got to play together last year for Red Bull Festival. And then I interviewed her for one of the episodes of Bien Buena last year for the radio show. That's cool. Yeah, so that's just, it's dope to be able to contribute to the archive because I never heard a full hour-long like profile of her before in that mm-hmm. format i mean well it's, it's a little bit what we're doing here you yeah. know <laughs> i mean and that's and that's always what i liked about what again like say doing a podcast or radio show or whatever is like you can write some really great stories but also like it's different to hear it from the voice it's from the mouth of the of the artists themselves and right you know like it's not just an interpretation it's like it's a direct um i don't know idea Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, let's carry on with some more music. Um, so up next, we have a song uh, by Shell X. Uh, it's called Malportada. And you were saying that, again, this is going to be another release uh, on, on uh, Apocalypsis, yeah? So this is, yeah, Shell X is an amazing artist based in New York. This track is one of the tracks that she sent last year. It's just kind of like a demo or like something that's unreleased on her mm-hmm. end. And then we're recording a new single in cool. September that will be dropping this fall. So this is just a little preview of her sound and her style. And she's a great songwriter. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, how, how did you all meet? Like where, where does this connection happen? She just was like, yo, I like what you do. Through the clubs. Uh-huh. <laughs> Through the clubs. Um, she's also part Ecuadorian. Oh, cool. So we have a lot of solidarity between the folks that have that background here and yeah shell is everywhere like she also works at seed the distributor that i work with for apocalypse yeah. so there's just a lot of connected dots here it's all familia uh-huh fantastic okay yeah. well let's go ahead and listen to that now again this is shell x the track is mal portada uh, and we'll be right back with more rio bamba Mal. Y lo peor de todo es que a mí me da igual Lo único que importa es que tenga capital Y las que hablan mal, mal de ojo le va a dar No sé por qué yo he perdido fe El día que me busquen yo no me esconderé Porque si me buscan yo siempre tiraré eso Es mejor bebé que tú te portes bien Si te portas mal ven y dímelo Si te portas mal baby dímelo Si te portas mal ven y dímelo Si te portas mal Con un beso mío, papi, te pongo a volar Soy como el fuego que no puedes controlar Tenlo por seguro, como yo no hay igual No sé por qué yo me encontré Con tu movimiento el que me hizo perder la fe Si un día me preguntan, yo no lo negaré Eso es mejor, bebé, que tú te portes bien Si te portas mal, baby, ven y dímelo Porque cuando yo te vi, mi corazón se congeló Papi, estás tan bueno, te lo pies hasta el cuello La temperatura sube, creo que ya se alzó Si te portas mal, ven y dímelo. Si te portas mal, baby, dímelo. 
comprender Con mi pelo suelto por vida seré rebelde Por eso quiebre esta cadera pa' complacer la gente show de música emergente latinoamericana donde mezclamos entrevistas con los sonidos más frescos del underground su anfitrión Richard Villegas es un periodista musical contribuyendo a publicaciones como Remezcla, Rolling Stone y Bandcamp y con Song Mess las conversaciones toman un giro más casual y personal revelando el mundo interior de cada invitado Song Mess está disponible en todas las plataformas digitales y lo puedes escuchar por Radio Nova Costa Rica todos los lunes y jueves a las 9 de la mañana. Song Mess. All right, and then the second song we just heard there is by Dana Liu, um, and it's called Canto de Unidad. Um, I, I, I like this. Is this, I, I mean, I haven't heard the song, but it's just like, is it more uh, Canto de Unidad? Is it, is it um, uh, spiritual in some way? Yeah, well, Dana... I had met this last year. She's based in, she plays everywhere in the city. She's super talented, like super hustler, um, Dominican background. And cool. she produced this track for a compilation that's coming out September 20th. Mm -hmm. And all the proceeds will be going to immigrant defense organizations. So there's a roster of like 30 something artists that I'll, I'll send you that okay. are going to be releasing music for this Please. compilation. And I feel like everybody put their heart into it in one way or another because this is a cause everybody cares dearly about. So in that way, absolutely, I would say. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, uh, again, I, I, um, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, this. Again, as so many of these, uh, yeah, well, uh, uh, Sacalo and then this song by Dana Liu are, are, are going to like benefit um, full organizations of some sort. Mm -hmm. um, uh, tell me about this sort of this commitment to, I don't want to say activism. I feel like that's such a played out word at this point, but it's mm -hmm. just like to, again, to consciousness, to, to community work, to community building. Mm -hmm. to, uh, tell me a little bit about, uh, again, about this, about this commitment. Yeah. Um, I would say 
activism or giving a fuck. <laughs> it's just, it's a value that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. It started with my family for sure. My dad is a criminal defense attorney and cool. he does a lot of our advocate work and instilled the values of everybody deserves rights, dignity, fair trial because we work in a corrupt system. Yeah. And so flipping that, like I never... I had struggled. I struggled with understanding that when I was little because I was like, wait, but they're criminals, but they did something wrong. And it's like, well, we all make mistakes. So how mm. can we rehumanize a system that is designed to oppress? Right. Yeah. Um, and my mom is an educator. She worked in Holyoke, which is one of the toughest school districts in the state of Massachusetts mm-hmm. and mostly, you know, first generation or immigrant families. And so those are values that I just saw. So it comes second nature to me. And um, my first career before going in music was working as a community organizer. So I have like the formal training, I guess, for doing mm-hmm. that. Um, so for me, it's just like if I'm going to have a career in something that is by nature social, is by nature community based, because music DJing, like you need the people to <laughs> to make it work, right? You need the audience. Um, and so for me, if I'm working in Latinx music in specific right now where there's so much happening around the Trump administration and fascism and white supremacy, like I can't imagine doing this work and not <laughs> thinking of a way to give back because there's so many people that are in need of support and resources right now. And it's like, if all of us aren't good, then yeah. like none of us are good. That's a fact. 100%. And yeah. I, and, and I think you really hit the nail on the head. Like it's compassion. So much of it is compassion that is missing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, for, again, you do this a lot. You, you work a lot of fundraisers. You, you know, you, you do try to center these, these issues, not just in the, in the music, but in the work itself in the spaces that you, uh, you know, take up and like welcome people into and make them feel welcome there. Um, what would you advise people who are trying to do more of this work? Mm-hmm. People who are trying to, uh, again, maybe be a bit more activist inclined or at least use their events. Like Perreo Combativo was such a major thing, yeah. you know, just a, a month ago. And it's so cool. And again, like it wasn't even necessarily about raising funds. It was just like about activating people. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are what would be some tips or some advice that you would have for people that are trying to like get do this more? Yeah, well, I think... Something really exciting, and Pereo Combativo even said this explicitly, this is a movement without leaders. Mm. Oh, cool. Very cool. Which I think that kind of horizontal relationship to organizing is really important right now because that takes away any sense of, like, elitism to, Mm. or, like, needing, like, a certain level of professionals and whatever, like any barriers that people feel like there is to getting involved in activism, like everybody has something to contribute. And so it's just thinking about like, what is your voice or like, what is the way that you want to get involved? Also, what's your capacity? Because I have the privilege of having citizenship. I have the privilege of like being a white Latina and like, you know, all of the privileges that come with that. And so especially when it comes to, dealing with like police or the criminal justice system or whatever like I'm aware of the way that that works Mm -hmm. in terms of power structures and so um but yeah anyways like everybody should just think of ways (laughs) that they can contribute and even if it's just checking in on your friends that are like doing an event or volunteering at the door volunteering like if you have artwork to sell something Mm -hmm. like that there's just so many ways to do it oh fantastic I I uh, you know I I Music, again, music is obviously like it's your bread and butter, you know, and mm-hmm. and obviously you you play music regularly, but you also write frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was just looking at the this uh, article that you wrote this week for Remezcla about, a, uh, is it an experimental DJ, but it had a, some sort of uh, art exhibit or installation that was accompanying it. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm curious because I, I just, uh, again, earlier this week, I spoke with Susie Exposito, who's the editor of Rolling Stone Latin. Um as as a maybe not even as an editor because that's a former editor I suppose but as a writer what what stories are excite you what what is it that you want to write about what is it that you want to cover and what do you maybe wish more people were were covering yeah um for me like I'm pretty selective if I'm gonna write right now mm-hmm. and for me it's a, if I see a story that's really nuanced mm-hmm. like in the case of Tanu who's the artist who did this installation at the shed she was talking about 
the intersectionality and like the nuance that goes into telling stories of four different immigrants of different immigration statuses living in the U.S. between New York and El Paso. And this was an experimental audiovisual installation. And she's also a DJ that I collaborate with frequently cool. who goes by Ushka. And so I felt like I wanted to speak to like the DJ technique and the DJ version of narrative, which is nonlinear, specifically yeah. for that piece. Um, and then the piece that I wrote before that was about Sin Vergenza, who is a collective based in, in Quito, specifically working of trans and non-binary artists in the city. And for me, that's something that seemed like unimaginable yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to witness even like five years ago in such like a conservative Catholic city. So um, when I see things like that, where there's like so much courage behind it, I'm like, yeah, I want to help <laughs> tell that story. <laughs> that's cool. I mean, yeah. And, and again, I feel like that's what fuels me as a writer still. It's just mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's always like, what's the story? Right. You know, like, okay, you put out a record. Cool. Why am I talking about that record? Like mm-hmm. other than it being new, you know, like you're doing an event. Why do I care? Right. And so like things like that, like it's, it's that context that you said in Quito, like, it's just mm-hmm. like, you're highlighting people that are doing something that like is rather unheard of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I want to, I want to ask you a little bit more about nightlife. Um, again, you're based in New York city. You're based in Brooklyn. Um, what it like, you know, people like, let's say somebody from Miami is listening and they're, they're coming to New York tomorrow and they you know want to hit up some cool parties some cool clubs. Mm-hmm. What would you recommend? Oh, so poppy juices tonight. So oh, I have to cool. shout them out. <laughs> and uh, I'm so proud of them. Like they've grown so much. I sell out elsewhere mm-hmm. every month that they're there. It's amazing. They book so many artists. Um, Vibras, Benbona, of course. She does yes. on a monthly basis. Um, what else? What else? Club Etiquette is hosted by the Dance Pit in the Bronx. Okay. And she just brought over Taihana. Lodi is from Monterrey. Wow. Like she's bringing over a different international act every edition. It's all like super underground, super cutting edge stuff what about some clubs what are some clubs that 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 you like right now lord i don't know well uh where is it that you're playing tonight (laughs) i do a monthly at kinfolk in williamsburg okay i mean that's a lot of fun because it feels like all the latinx folks come out specifically for that Mm -hmm. so we take over the room that's usually a hip-hop club on the weekend so um it's nice to switch up the vibe for sure awesome um uh i had something else (laughs) Um, okay. Yeah. Cause we're wrapping up. So I'm like, I'm trying to like run through the list of things that I, that, that, you know, you got going on cause you have many going on. Yeah. Oh, um, clubs I can shout out. I just thought of some. Okay. Um, for clubs, I would recommend Mood Ring, which is on okay. Myrtle Ave in Brooklyn and it's owned by queer people of color. It's the queer club that I always dreamed of when I was a club baby, hey. like, and it's astrology themed. <laughs> <laughs> work of course it so is so all of that um and then elsewhere has been amazing to work with they mm-hmm. are super proactive and great hospitality and they're also hosting a lot of negros festival on yes. october 10th um called young latin and proud so shout out to them too amazing um uh, again we're wrapping up um but i know you have is it an EP? Is it a mixtape that you're getting ready to drop maybe before the end of the year? Oh, it's coming up before the end of the year for sure. Hey! <laughs> um, I'm putting out an EP. It'll be out October at the latest, and I'll be releasing it on Apocalypses. Amazing. Yeah. Um, now, what, uh, again, obviously, like, we, we heard Sacalo, and, and, and um, you know, we're going to close out with sort of an edit that you put together for, um, well, it's not really an edit, is it? Is it a... I don't know. It's it's a soundtrack that you put together for Fashion Week, mm-hmm. which is really cool. But like, what what um what sounds are interesting you right now? Like, what what can we expect uh, on that on that EP? Um, I have been having the time of my life on Splice, hey. <laughs> which is a sample library, and so I've been playing a lot with different industrial sounds, and also playing with making my own like drum racks, own beats. And so a lot of it is going to be club tools. Mm-hmm. Like, so things that are really structural that you can mix easily with other acapellas or Ooh. things like that. Um, and yeah, this soundtrack that I made for Chroma was for Fashion Week back in February. And Chroma is a swimwear line based mm-hmm. in Miami now, but originally from Brooklyn that does amazingly inclusive casting and... Um, this soundtrack was specifically talking to sustainability in terms of 
uh, yeah, the materials that they use for the line, as well as like thinking about Miami as a site of kind of the brink of global warming in terms of seawater yeah. levels changing and the way that impacts the city and also the pollution in the city and all of that. So um, the mix starts out lighthearted and then gets more apocalyptic <laughs> and, you know, that's my shit. So <laughs> Absolutely. Um, did you yeah. get to keep the outfit that you wore at Fashion Week? No, but they gave me some Damn. great looks to okay. keep. Yeah, okay. some different that's, ones. That's at least <laughs> solid. I mean, because like I remember the outfit. I was like, oh, that's actually really cute. Oh, that <laughs> stuff is amazing. I love it. I love it. I mean, I'm, so, I'm actually surprised they didn't ask you to walk. You, you, you <laughs> totally could. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, um, my guest is uh, Rio Bamba, and yes. uh, and I'm Richard Villegas, and this is Song Mess. Uh, can you let our listeners know, please, where they can follow you on social media, uh, what events they can catch you at? I mean, your regulars, because I don't quite know when this will be out. Yeah. Um, but you're booked and blessed. <laughs> Thank you. So you can find me on all the social medias. It's um, Rio Bamba underscore DJ. Mm-hmm. And then I do a monthly, bi-monthly at Elsewhere in Brooklyn, and that's Apocalypsis Presents. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, and then keep an eye out on apocalypsisnow.bandcamp.com. Okay. That's what it is. I'll I, and I will link to it in the show notes. Yeah. And that's where all the releases go live. Cool. Um, I know that, again, you have a full schedule of events usually, like you are forever touring. <laughs> uh, where can people uh, check that schedule in case, you know, you might be coming to their town? Yeah. So I always put it on Instagram. And then I also have a website, riobamba-dj.net. And I'm constantly updating my dates on there. Awesome. Yes. And and again, as I uh, told you already, dear listeners, uh, we'll be linking to everything in the show notes. Again, that's just so, so you can stay up to date uh, and you can find everything nice and easily. Uh, again, my name is Richard Villegas and this is Song Mess. Uh, you can listen to us on all of your favorite uh, podcasting platforms. That includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, it's all at Songmess. That's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, if you'd like to reach us directly, songmessmusic at gmail.com. Uh, come be a guest on the show. Uh, if you're obsessed with a new album, send it to us. We'd love to hear it. Um, we have a weekly playlist called Bops that we always link to in the show notes. Uh, and again, I update it every single week uh, tirelessly. Um, and, um, if you want to give us a little love, um, you know, five stars, please, you know, just give us a comment, a, a rating again, that could be an Apple podcast, maybe on Spotify. I'm not 100% sure of how that works. Um, and, uh, if you want to give us some financial love, we have a small online store. It's at songmess.threadless.com and we've got t-shirts, hoodies, you know, books, uh, totes, all with our beautiful logo that was designed by the fabulous uh, Chilean designer, Osvaldo Uribe. Uh, so we're going to sign out with this uh, amazing uh, soundtrack, again, that was created by Rio Bamba for Chromat. Um, and and you said, again, this is kind of like, and and it starts a bit as a bit of a slow burn and it uh, apocalyptic to sizes out, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's where we're headed. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Sorry. Beautiful note. <laughs> um, what a note to end on. Um, well, again, my name is Rio my, Wow, my name is Rio Bamba. Uh, my you name think, is Richard. Too. It's cool. ah, we are all Rio Bamba. <laughs> um, my name is Richard Villegas. Again, this is Song Mess. My guest is Rio Bamba. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. Ciao. Ciao. Gracias. I woke up in a wilderness today, a place my mind could not remember, but my soul already knew. No longer searching for a steady breeze, there is soil on my skin and salt water in my blood. A descendant of God, I feel as if I am sunshine with a pulse. I bear my fertile flower from which humanity originates. Rivers of milk flow from me and I watch as entire kingdoms bow. All the children are here, barefoot in the morning, and the dirt is rich with many treasures. Vamos a la playa, you are free to transcend. You are free to be creature, and you are free to bend.
unyielding wind blows her back into dirt roads waves dimly seen my mother my mother was a freedom fighter singed at the stakes or drowned at sea she studied the way of water and gills she is a mermaid she is an archipelago of shanty town she is made of invention and necessity and found scraps a bouquet of bloody music in her hands cane of sugar leaves of tobacco a cluster of bananas coffee beans the husk of corn a poppy seed tea shrub spike of wheat rice flour gold nuggets diamonds diamonds and coal tan she is my mother is an incantation bellowing from the fields and mines look for her in the ruins at the funeral procession drunk off palm wine screaming in a traffic of arms lonely she is lonely but not alone remember her remember her remember her on the shores of glory
Mm-hmm. 